Otherwise, your wild bulbs cast listeners. This is Spoon Jigeli, so regular here at the Bulbs Cast. Unfortunately, this week we couldn't get our episode going, but we have an exclusive interview that I did for Forbes Africa magazine. It's a chat with Brian Habana about his life after retiring. Of course, Brian Habana did retire last year, ending his five-year stay at Toulon and coming back to South Africa to start his business ventures as well as his commentary career. I chatted to him, I spoke to him, I sat down with him in Santon at the Slow Lounge. Please bear in mind that this conversation was for print for Forbes Africa magazine. So if you want to read that article, please grab the latest copy of Forbes Africa magazine, which is out. That's a February issue. And after 15 years of Brian Habana's career, he called time on it and started a company called Retroviral with Mike Sharman as well as Ben Kopinski. Fortunately, these guys let me sit down with Brian Habana and we had a lacquer, lacquer chat. Hope you guys really, really enjoy it. The takeaways from it, obviously, are what Brian Habana is doing right now. Not so much on the rugby field per se because he's told us unequivocally that coaching is not something you'd like to do. So we we really wanted to find out what is it that he is plowing his knowledge, all, all that knowledge that would have been built up, all those contacts that would have been accumulated, of course, and the finances. Where has he invested his money? Very important conversation, especially if you're a current or an ex-player. You definitely want to know where you could start investing your money. This is Brian Habana, 124 test caps, a record 67 tries for South Africa, winning the World Cup in 2007 with Jake White, Tri-Nations champion, Super Rugby champion with the Bulls, European championship with Toulon. I don't really need to introduce him much further than that. Otherwise, you well, enjoy it. Cool, Brian. Thanks for chatting to me. It's been a few months since you uh, hung up your boots. How's it been like? It has been a few months since I hung up my boots. It's been a lot busier than what I initially envisioned. I think the decision to call your professional sporting days to an end um, is probably one of the things most feared in a professional athlete's life is you sort of you don't really know what you're going to be going into or jumping into you know even though they they talk about preparing yourself for life after professional sports I think the reason that the transition period is probably one of the most talked about things in all professional sports at the moment is because of Mm. the hugeness of it Um, you know when you've been doing something you love for 5, 10, 15 years um, and now I said to my wife, I need to go rediscover myself, um, but it's actually about discovering yourself. So it's been been really busy. Uh, yeah. I've kept myself busy with various things. I've been doing some some punditry slash broadcasting for Channel Four uh, up in the UK. I did quite a bit for Sky and BBC in the November tours mm. up in up in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, I did a bit of work with Investec. Um, I've signed on with Mastercard as an HSBC ambassador. Um, with Mastercard as an ambassador for Rugby World Cup and HSBC as an ambassador for their seven series for 2018, 2019. Um, and then, yeah, I had a chat to Mike Sharman uh, when I announced my retirement last year. And 
came up with creating something fresh and authentic uh, yeah. within the digital sports marketing environment and yeah, we've uh, we've got retroactive up and running, which has been exciting. So, um, discovering myself, sort of bouncing between South Africa and France, um, and you know, obviously because I was in France for five years, um, and being close to Europe and the mm. potential of rugby in you know, in the northern hemisphere. Mm. So, been really busy, and you know, I thought I'd give myself a bit of a break to sort of yeah. reflect on the 15 years. Um, that hasn't quite happened yet, so I'm hoping it will happen um, in the next couple of months if everything aligns to it be able to do it now when you retired i think i was listening to an interview of yours where you were explaining the decision injuries new coach mm. kind of you know not quite everything sinking um did you sort of think i could coach maybe did you get to the point where you'll decide what you're gonna do after the decision while you're still playing or once a cut of date you're like okay now nah, Time to stop being. No, I think I, I definitely started a while before in, in my last year, and again, I didn't know it was going to be my last year. You know, I was yeah. hoping to maybe have another year or two after retiring, or by the way, when I made the retirement decision. Yeah. But in my last year, I actually started studying at the Toulouse Business School. So yeah. I did a pretty basic uh, business unit manager course through the Toulouse Business School and um, just started to get an idea of the business world. And you know, we had you know, various different subjects like accountancy, digital marketing, mm. marketing strategy very basic introduction to law principles and more European based but given that it's France um, so I think you sort of start trying to get an idea of, mm. of where you fit in uh, I think I'm as grateful as I am for the journey that rugby took me on um, you know, I'm not quite sure I'm touted to be a coach yeah. uh, I think it's something someone very specific that um, that acquires that position um, you know someone that's you know got a real drive to be able to to do something that is potentially very short term, um, and because I've you know been a rugby player for 15 mm. years and then had that life, um, and I'm gonna be brutally honest and say a coach probably works a lot harder than a player um, in terms of he arrives he arrives before he leaves after you know the preparation the analysis um, you know, and then sits with a conundrum of you know you can be the best coach in the world if your players don't perform it's your job on the line so um, yeah making the decision I'd, I'd love to you know maybe potentially do some consultancy or you know, not totally leave the game but saying that uh, I'm definitely I can't envision myself being being a full-time coach so yeah it was it wasn't it wasn't something when you know when I made the decision like oh, I don't want to be a coach I was like well I just thought where do I see myself fitting in uh, I think I'm a people's person I think I I get on well um, in environments where there's interaction yeah. and um like I said, to not not have to have the volatility of a coach's lifestyle yeah. in terms of you know player signs for three years and you know, more often than not he sees sees out those three years where you know coach could potentially sign for three years and if the team doesn't go well like they did Toulon, you have five coaches go through the system in one season. So yeah. um, I think also you have a new found respect for coaches in terms of what they have to go through, yeah. um, and again they take a lot more responsibility on their shoulders than you know, what is potentially necessary. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's like so, respect for coaches, but I don't envision myself doing it anytime soon. Now, when you think of Brian Habana 2.0, um, I don't want to say it's easy to envision yourself as a Springbok rugby player, mm. um, but you know, there's a certain uh, path that you'll take, and that the goal is there. Being a Springbok player, green and gold, you can see it. Yeah. You can see the matches on Saturdays. You yeah. can see your eyebrows looking at them. Now you're in 
in the big wide open sea mm. what's the what's your north star at the moment I think at the at the present moment in time um, it's easy when you put certain goals into place from a rugby perspective um, to put methods in place to try achieve those um, and I feel like we come from I think first and foremost you know the biggest north star is sort of finding my feet um, in in this world I think you know when I was going through my career and you know, I think really just from a financial point of view there were certain things that I knew I wanted to achieve at the time I ended rugby so you know having a paid off house having you know paid off car um, having certain investments either in companies or in stocks or in bonds or wherever that might be um, and not to immediately call on when rugby offends but at least know that from a financial point of view uh, if all else fails you know I'm still going to have a roof over my head and I'm going to have some food on the table and yeah. I'm going to be able to take you know take my child to school the next yeah. day so um, I think that was sort of something you know when I got to that point about a year and a half two years back um, that I knew okay well I can I don't have to jump into anything immediately I can sort of see where I find where I can find my feet where I fit in um, and I think I'm fortunate as well that I've been able to create a brand throughout my rugby career that's you know worked with some of the biggest brands you know in, in the world. Um, you know whether that be Land Rover, Gillette, um, HSBC, you know Investec, um, you know some 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 massive brands. And I think the fortune of being able to do that is you know I've been able to see how the other side works at times. Um, I've also formed lifelong relationships with an Adidas who I played every single one of my 124 Test matches in um, in, in their boots. So. Um, I think the, the North Star at the moment is, is finding direction um, to that star. I don't know what that North Star is at the present moment in time, but it's um, knowing that I need to start putting things in place. And even though I've given myself, yeah. with it being a World Cup year, a bit of time out to do various odds and ends. Um, but in this process, being able to you know, be a part of something like Retroactive, you know, upskill myself in terms of business uh, and whether that be chatting to corporates, doing networking, mm-hmm. doing doing corporate talks, um, speaking at the mining in Dava, you know, yeah, stuff like that. So yeah. um, I think it's about finding the direction to the North Star. Um, yeah. I think I'll, you know, when when I eventually know what that North Star is, I don't think you know, there's many people that, you know, have a North Star first thing. You know, everyone wants to be successful. I think success is, is measured, you know, according to, you know, what you see as success, you know, yeah. success having... A one million rand paid off house, you know, with a mm. couple of, you know, a couple of bob in the in the in the fridge or freezer or under the bed, um, you know, being married, having kids, yeah. um, sending your kid to a certain school. Yeah. So, so I think for me, it's about the north side at the moment is is finding that direction to the north side. Um, it's about trying to put things in place where potentially job security, um, but aligning with brands. You know, how you fit in into the corporate structure. Mm. Um, I'm gra- I'm grateful that I studied, but within that finding the direction towards the North Star that you can then you know, start setting the goals. I'm going to be brutally honest, I don't know what the North Star is. You know, I want to, I want to be someone that can you know, pay my monthly bills, um, you know, be able to have some money left over to go on holiday with my kids to go to a movie. Um, you know, so it's, it's not these, you know, I want to be a 50 million rand net value type mm. person you know it's um i think at the moment it's it's sussing out what you know what the real world's all about and yes it's difficult and you definitely don't earn the same salary as you do when yeah. you're playing playing rugby professional sports um but i'm fortunate in that you know in this period leading up to the world cup you know, there's some opportunities to do broadcasting work you know working with brands like mastercard and hsbc 
investec um you know and i think I've, i've potentially aligned to financial institutions because i've probably of the thinking that there'll always be financial institutions <laughs> well i'm hoping there will uh, obviously cryptocurrency is trying to change <laughs> that whole realm but um yeah i think you know for the next 18 months to sort of suss out myself mm-hmm. you know see where we fit in um i'm sort of traveling quite a bit at the moment between south africa and france which is not making me being a present dad so i definitely told my wife that my goal is 2020 for dad of the year um okay. because 2018 was, was was rather intense 2019 is not looking good so yeah. um and again you know you want to be able to provide for your family for your kids you know i got two little boys now four and and 10 months old and um you know you want to be able to give them the opportunity like my parents gave me to succeed at life so yeah it's enjoying the enjoying the journey at present speaking of that journey i mean like would you in a million years have pictured sharing a stage with the president of south africa <laughs> at a mining and up <laughs> well uh, i didn't quite share the stage with him um, yeah. they gave him hall one um, i was in the australia lounge with australia trade and mining um yeah but i think yeah you, know, you, you don't think about those things in sci speaking engagements you have corporate talks but i think the opportunity now you know first rugby to be able to go see and even though we were busy but you know being able to hear the president talk you know literally across the room from me was yeah. was was pretty special i think um no even above that you asked me you know did i have a dream of you know being a springbok you know running out and winning a world trophy world cup and mm-hmm. you know getting to go and have a photo taken with the late Nelson Mandela you know in you know in his offices um so maybe lifting the trophy you know so maybe lifting the trophy yeah. um you know so it's Yeah, like I think I'm I'm pretty fortunate that I've experienced some great things and I think because of my brand because of what what I've been able to achieve I've you know there there have been instances in my career where you know it could have potentially gone pear shaped but I think you know that being able to fight through those you know those times of hardships and and then you know be fully committed to mm-hmm. to the next cause um allowed you to create a good brand uh, and even though there were some stumbling blocks on a personal level you know, things that happened in life um I don't think I portrayed a bad image um in in the type of person I was mm-hmm. and I, I didn't didn't really and I didn't really have any bad press so yeah. you know there there brands that now want to align mm-hmm. with you because of I think the person you you became but also because of the brand you were able to build throughout that year so I mean like some of the wildest dreams that I had um you know you have them because they called dreams for a reason yeah. and like I think you know, being at that mining in Dubai on you know on Tuesday and then getting phone that 10 o'clock in the morning say listen you and the president of Ramaphosa are going to be arriving more or less at the same time you know please can you maybe come 5 minutes earlier <laughs> it was a, was a, was a bit interesting um but yeah like like it was it was pretty cool and again hopefully like so hopefully I can meet Mr Ramaphosa uh, officially because I haven't really done officially at some point so I'm sure you will I'm sure you will now do you have to set do you not set per se but does your eye sort of shift and look for new role models as it would have done what different from what you would have done if you were a rugby player for instance you know, you're a winger you look at other outside backs who's the best outside back of your own era who, who was the best before them um and you try to model your game accordingly yeah. um now in the financial world or in the real world um who do you see as the kind of person who's doing the the things or, or the masterclass mm. things of what you would like to yeah achieve? i think first of all thank you because it's about a goal setting and you know we've got something with retracko called uh, a doc series called sport is and you know one of the things mm-hmm. we're going to be focusing on is um you know sport is setting goals and you know, yeah. i think that there's a lot of 
the values from sports that one of the disciplines that you can take over the real world and you know that then aids you know, a lot of people talk about the similarities between the two and talking about successful sports and becoming successful businessmen um, but that's not always the case you know you, yeah. you get to learn those values but then it's applying those values in the real world so you know yes you got to be dedicated um, you, know, you got to be willing to upskill yourself you know as a rugby player if you can't catch a high ball you're going to go yeah, out on the field and yeah. you're going to ask for Reed prayer to, to you know to cut you to cut kick you a few high balls for you to catch so um, you know stuff like like being able to being able to read budgets you know um, if you're going to go into digital marketing like myself being able to understand insights into social media uh, analytics that sort of thing analytics yeah. you know uh, you know what, what type of views are you getting yeah. you know, what, what's the what's the range of views now we're good what's the range of views that, that you're getting you know what's the demographics of the, of the views you're getting um What's the locations of, the, of those demographics? So I think it's, it's about upskilling yourself and find. I mean, you know, a guy like Bucky Spurter, um, you know, who started his you know wild game farming, you know, in 2006, very much before he ended, um, got into that. But you know, all of a sudden, Bucky is now making burros. Um, you know, so yeah. you know, it's about discovering you know where you're fitting in, um, and it's about I think first of all making yourself accessible to knowledge. Um, to be able to see what you know, what the big corporates and what the successful businessmen in yeah. the world are, are doing are the basic principles that you know you can teach yourself or learn about and able to sort of guide you on, on mm. that step. You know, you look at the, the likes of a, of a Richard Branson, the Elon Musk, you know, South African that has gone on to yeah. you know, change change the world you know, and different things like cryptocurrency and you know people making you know different waves in, in terms of that I think for me. I haven't found that one particular guy. Um, you know, say oh, I want to be like him. You know, yeah. I want to be that guy that you know, changes the world. I think it's about finding finding my feet first, and, and then once you find those feet, being able to set the goal of listen. And um, you know, I want to get into an environment where I'm earning X. I want to be partnering with those people from a financial point of view to be able to do this. Why not? So, um, yeah. Again, there's no one hero at the moment. You know, I think someone like President Cyril Ramaphosa, I think, is, is a great example of someone who. Um, use the opportunities that God presented himself to not only upskill himself um, but become a well-rounded affluent person within within the business industry so when he talks at a mining in Darba, you know he talks with knowledge and he talks no, with you know yeah. he, he talks with a lot of confirmation in mm. how he approaches it because he's been in that industry yeah. for for so long you know he's, he's gone through the highs and the lows and um, he's become successful in that so yes he's the president of South Africa um, but he's more than just the president of South Africa yeah. he comes comes out more so um, yeah, at the moment, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. There's not one guy I'm saying I'm, I'm, he's my hero. You know, he's the guy that I want to strive to be. I think everyone wants to be rich like Richard Branson, yeah. um, Bill Gates, <laughs> um, Elon Musk. You know, but um, you know, even Elon Musk is going through his own own tough times at the moment. Yeah. So um, I think it's it's about opening yourself up to knowledge um, and being able to not be sort of blinded by your your own thoughts. Um, and you know, making sure that when you have that knowledge, um, that you use it correctly and able to improve yourself first and foremost as a person, um, and then give yourself opportunities to be able to be even more successful uh, as a businessman potentially. Now, uh, the team uh, at Retroactive, uh, how did it sort of come together? Um, by that I mean not just meeting the person, mm. but actually knowing that one person is covering that sort of base and mm. one person's doing the ugly stuff and one person's the creative mm. and yeah that, and i think creating the synergy for it all to work i think so myself and mike go go back 
a, a very long way. Um, you know, we were both at King Edwards High School together, and you know, we had a mutual friend that um, we all got on a Skype call. You know, after our Nas retirement last excuse me last year, um, with this idea of creating something fresh, something different within a space that we really believe needed a little bit more authenticity um, and it's, it's one of those sort of buzzwords getting thrown around at the moment but you know, something that I felt as a rugby player um, specifically in rugby wasn't really being geared towards um, and I think the synergy when Mike's like hey listen Habs this is, this is how we're feeling you know, I've got retroviral I've been I've been in the agency okay. space mm-hmm. for you know just on 10 years you know he's written the best deck whose which title I don't fully agree with but um, <laughs> that is that is now water under the bridge um, but I think Mike's about you know don't don't always aim on being the, the biggest um, just be the best the best at what you first and foremost can um, and I sort of did blow a little bit of smoke up his behind when I told him <laughs> Um, the thesis, the 35-page thesis I had to write uh, for my Lewis Business School course was um, we had to do two books and Mike's, um, Mike's book title, which I didn't like, featured in, um, yeah, featured in the back pages, which was, which was pretty interesting. So I think, you know, when we got the team together, I think Ben's been um, in a similar sport, sort of space from a, yeah. from a sporting fan point of view. Um, he knows sport. Uh, and not just one type of sport. He knows, you know, he knows the heartbeat of sport, and, and that made it really exciting. Then, obviously, Shaga, it's not Shaka, Shaga. Cecilia comes with a um, with a wealth of enterprise experience, yeah. um, which um, you know we all needed. And, and obviously, getting to meet the team today, um, you know, is, is really great because it sort of gives us structure into you know mm. where we're going as a company, uh, even though we're fairly young. I think, you know, my specific role, and I think it's sort of one of those things where even though I'm excited to, to be involved um, you know things over the next year year particularly especially yeah. with World Cup on the go um, I'm sort of on the back burner giving that and I've got relationships with MasterCard with HSBC yeah. and other things on the go um, potential brands that you know we're helping um, from a digital content point of view you know I could potentially not be able to share on my social media because of my restrictions with certain contracts I, right. I have in place yeah. so um, I think we're, we're finding each other I think you know four months in um, to already be profitable and is you know speaks speaks yeah. unbelievable volume for a lot of hard work you know that Mike and Ben in particular mm-hmm. put in behind the scenes you know yes you have the ladies in the office Didi doing the finances and you know making making sure that things take over but you know Mike and Ben have really been the driving force at yeah. the moment um, with me obviously there comes a different opportunity of potentially networking mm-hmm. and, you know, putting in sound bites or foots in the door um, at, at mining in Darba or at um, you know, the British consulate um, pre-Sona talk uh, evening last night. So um, there is that opportunity and, and it's a constant engagement. But you know, I, I wouldn't have become involved in Retroactive if I didn't believe in its potential. Um, sure. you know, I think Mike and Ben in particular, you know, when they started out their journey in 2011, um, going to New Zealand as super fans, um, they just sort of showed their true character. You know, they, mm-hmm. they've got an unbelievable love for sport, um, but they've backed that up with knowledge, education, and prowess in, in making sure they, they make a difference in this space. And you know, Mike's been successful in his own right. You know, he's a year younger than me, and I wouldn't say his bank balance is a lot higher than mine at the moment. Um, but he's probably got a more ongoing income than, than what I do. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, from, from a team perspective, you know, we're, we're juggling, we're finding each other like any new organism does. Um, 
I think the the synergy that we have with each other is really good. Um, there's definitely something special. Um, you know, it's, it's nice to be back in a team environment where, yes, you can make jokes, but you can also tell someone straight to their face that they're either screwing up or they or they need to work hard. And I think you know, I haven't been in business very long, um, but being able to have those relationships where you can be brutally honest, um, but not be hurtful uh, yeah. or not be taken offensively in any way is, is really important so we're getting there you know four four and a half months in and um, you know we launched in october last year and like i say you know mike and mike and ben have been unbelievable behind the scenes and getting yeah. you know, campaigns with biogen um, Javits, and you know mzanzi t20 so yeah. hopefully there's there's a lot more on the rise and i think you know once rugby world cup 2019 in japan ends you know hopefully i can become a little bit more hands-on with within the business yeah and um just your role um, as a public relations officer. Sir, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't quite sound like Springbok. We get that. <laughs> Are you the guy with the company credit card buying everybody drinks? Oh uh, no, I'm. I'm very happy that uh, Mike did not give me uh, any access to company credit cards because, given my current shoe addiction, um, I might have been uh, spending some funds unnecessarily on new Adidas babe releases like this past weekend. Um, but I think you know the the public relation, and I think when we sat together and I chatted to Mike about what is my role going to be. Um, yeah. I think you know, given my network, given you know the brand I'm able to associate, you know, there's a constant engagement with people that. Mike, Ben, or, or Shaga might potentially not get access to. Um, so I think that you know, public relations officer title is more about the interaction and the engagement that I could potentially bring to the company. Um, you know, that title might change you know, over the next year and a half if I become a little bit more hands-on. Um, I'm definitely not going to hopefully be seen as uh, Brian Abana PA to Mike Sharman um, at, at one point, hopefully. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that you know the whole public relations office, and you know we sort of know what publications is, and I think because I'm at opportunities like you know going to a Monaco uh, in, in a couple of weeks time to do the Laureus Awards, and you know, doing engagements where you know Mike Ben you know, who are hands on in the office, Shaga who you know, is coming in on a on a director type role for for a while is not having that potential. So yeah. you know, being able to link the environment and networking opportunities that I get afforded to be in um, and then potentially see if there are any leads or follow-ups to you know to that regard and I think that's you know that's my specific role at the moment given that you know like I said previously I've got certain responsibilities with sponsors and partners um, in, in this world Cup here commitments with with television broadcasters over in the UK um, I might not be able to particularly be hands-on um, but being able to make those introductions um, Potentially with brands that I've worked with in yeah. the past, um, but also that brands that I fully understand know within the rugby sector and potentially in, in the sporting sector. So um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, I'm happy I, there's at least a title. Um, I don't want to go Brian Abana worker at Retroactive, which yeah. is, should have been a little, a little bit blunt. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you find similarities then in sort of the different team environment you've jumped out of mm. and into? In, in the sense that in rugby, you obviously need the forwards to do the hard work, mm. the, the scrums, yeah. the line outs, the, mm. you know, the dirty work, and the mall, get it cleaned out. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and they, they need to mm. enjoy that yeah. and for the team to be successful yeah. and not whine that, yeah. you know, morning stay in short <laughs> You know, so. Mm. Is it is it similar in a business environment? Without a doubt, um, you know, with with a, with a team concept, and you know, first and foremost, it's about making sure 
for me um, that there's no clash of egos yeah. uh, you know first and foremost so that you know no one's thinking they're better than anyone else mm. um, and then the second level to that is, is everyone participating so um, you know we chatted about it in, you know, in our strategies this morning you know having clear and defined roles and processes for each and every individual and yeah. you know, having a message track that we're all speaking the same language so you know if I'm speaking at a mining dog at the Australia trade and you know mining stand and you know, Mike's up in Joburg, you know, speaking to Biogen, who, you know, is our client, who, you know, we're speaking the, the same lingo, um, so that we're not getting, you know, mixed, not only emotions, but mixed relations in terms of, you know, where the company is. So, um, I think having those clear, defined roles, even though at times they might overlap, um, where, you know, sometimes as a back, you have to go put your, you know, your head in the side of a scrum to, you know, because someone got a yellow card. Um, but I think having those is, is very much like a team. Um, Having those roles and responsibilities clearly defined um, makes it ever makes it easier for everyone to know what their objectives are going to need to be. Um, you know, so that I'm not overstepping any boundaries. You know, when it comes to potentially hook line and sinking um, potential um, clients, uh, yeah. or not overstepping boundaries and, and putting yeah. out digital content that Ben hasn't approved. Um, right, right. So again, I think it is important, and you know, within that little bio system um, that everyone is is pulling their weight and um, in, in rugby I think that the term that you're only as strong as your weakest link yeah. um, is potentially like that in, in business as well because if someone's not pulling his weight you're losing impetus in someone else having to do your work or having to cover up your tracks or again you know, hopefully not deflating the brand in, in any bad way so there is definitely similarities um, in terms of creating team environments first and foremost uh, in terms of creating roles and responsibilities so that Everyone knows that yes, that's our north star as a company, um, but this is your north star as as an individual with within that role. So it needs to be like that for a company to function, um, you know, for us to be happy and much like rugby to have open lines of communication. You know, if I don't know what Mike is doing or where Mike is being, you know, if they don't know my schedule, you know, all of a sudden we you know we potentially do pitch opportunities um, and we can't all be in the room that we're at least prepared for it um, so yeah it really is important so again the synergy first and foremost the roles and responsibility uh, but then bottom line is that communication strategy that it's done as well as possible to be able to go forward now do you find you walk into different rooms right um, do you walk in as okay I'm Brian Abana Springbok 124 caps uh, leading try scorer for the Springboks, won everything possible in the Southern Hemisphere, mm. and you know, a few overseas as well. Or, or do you walk in at ground zero, thinking, okay, this is a new environment, mm. here to learn, all I can do is share what I know? Yeah, I, th- I think there's a bit of both. Um, fortunately, and I'm probably always going to say, fortunately, you know, I'm going to not forget what I've been able to achieve because um, that's pretty much been a big part of my life for the last 15 years so um, I'm not going to forget that you know when opportunities arise because of me bringing a brand banner um, you know I'm not all of a sudden going to gonna change that be you know because I'm now no longer a rugby player um, and yeah. you know I've been able to to create a brand that people hopefully see as trustworthy um, and I've hopefully been able to create a brand that has used his opportunities as, as it's come his way. So, um, but in the same breath, you know, you sort of come in, you know, a little bit blindsided because you don't know what 
is happening next. So you, you're sort of coming in, yes, I've got this good repertoire, and you know, yes, I'm a rugby player, but I also don't want to be seen as Brian O'Banner, the rugby player for the rest of my life. You know? yeah. I don't want to be seen as the guy talking cuck about current players on, on TV for, for the rest of his life. Yeah. So um, it's, it's about creating that, that fine balance mm-hmm. between knowing who you are, uh, being comfortable in where you come from, uh, what you've had to go through to get to where you are, um, potentially leveraging that in certain opportunities going forward. Um, but I think where I am at the moment, also being prepared to learn and take in as much as possible. Um, you know, pretty much like I was in the beginning of my career, career going into a room with the likes of a Percy Montgomery, a John mm-hmm. Smith, Austrian, Victor Matfield, Brayton Paulson, a guys who already played 50 test matches for your country, and you come in playing nothing. You know, Mike's been been in this environment for geez, for 12, 12 years. You know, Ben's been in it for the better part of 10, 15. So Shug has been in it for for much longer than you know all of us. So I think for me coming in, it's it's not about coming in. I've been this fantastic rugby player, know it all. Um, Choose me, let me do it. Yeah. Um, it's about saying, "Listen, guys, I'm Brian Abana. This was, a, was a, who I am. This is where I come from. This is what I've achieved." But I'm not here, willing to, to take the, the plunge into the next step, so into the next stage, which is um, at times daunting because you know when you've done something and given one thing your all to be as successful at it for 10, 15 years, um, to then sort of have that disappear and now sort of restart that that journey is is at times daunting. You know, the, the financial restraints that are sometimes now put on you because you're not earning the same salary and you know, if you haven't got a paid off house, a paid off car, um, and then try to live the same lifestyle that, that you had when you know when your career ended, um, you know, you'd you'd be in trouble really quickly. So then you chat to, you know, someone like John De Villiers who's now, you know, um, his exact title is director of philanthropy um, at Citadel, and you know, and John's now been in it for for three years, and yeah. you know, you hear, you know, his talk has changed, um, you know, when he ended his rugby career to now being engaged in various different things, like talking about business sector development at, <laughs> um, at you know, and you think you know, you know what's this guy talking about, um, and chatting yeah. about certain key people within the public, you know, at yeah. the function we were at last night. So. Um, you need to be willing to to learn uh, and expose yourself to that culture of you don't know it all, um, and not only that you don't know it all, but you that you're fairly new at it. So um, I think I'm taking that approach, and yes, I'm Brian Abana. Um, I won World Cups, I won trophies, I won you know, individual accolades, I won team accolades. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to travel the world. You know, spend five years mm-hmm. in France, um, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let myself be downhearted by the fact that I've got that history but I'm also now willing to say okay well yes that is exactly what it is it's history um, you know you you can't ride on that forever you know you, I'm not yeah. going to be able to be associated with brands because I'm Brian Abana for, for the next 40 years so um, I accept that yeah. I, I have history I accept that you, know, you potentially walk into a room and people see Brian Abana mm. the brand Brian Abana the rugby player um, and I've now got to change that and say well this is Brian Abana, the businessman. This is Brian Abana, the guy who's willing to, you know, to take on the corporate world. So it's not going to be easy, but I'm looking forward to the challenge. Awesome. Um, now, finally, before I let you go to the guys, um, do you... Okay, firstly, is, is there a 
Um, I don't know who's a support group, but do you guys communicate, ex-players, ex-pros that you played with, maybe a John Smith mm-hmm. and John, mm-hmm. um, about the life outside of rugby? Do you tap each other's knowledge, mm-hmm. say, hey, look, I'm trying this. And obviously, John having taken up a CEO position yeah. as a young CEO, yeah, yeah, yeah. very young mm-hmm. for any CEO. Yeah, I think there's certain people you lean towards. Um, I think John in that regard is, is a bit of a mentor to me. Um, you know, we were in touch quite often and you know, we we're doing various different things together um, from a centurion's point of view. Um, so mm. guys like John, Jean, um, you know, having a chat to Bucky's over the weekend. So, I mean, there's not a support group um, yeah. that we all log on. It's like, okay, hey guys, um, <laughs> we're, we're now, yeah, what are we, what are we talking about today? Yeah. Um, you know, it's happened in the Financial Times. Uh, John, can you maybe share a little bit more about it? So, um, I think there are certain people that yeah. I affiliate to when it when it comes to that. I think I'm fortunate that I was able to become more than just teammates with a lot of players throughout yeah. my career. Um, and you know, through those relationships, you know, you know, I can call on John Smith, uh, uh, Sean De Villiers, you know, I chat to Bob Skinset, you know, of, often as well. Um, I really think it's also made a, a decent transition into the life of the professional sport. Um, you know, there's guys like Percy who are sort of struggling in different areas that you know, they you know, they can bounce ideas off you. So um, I definitely think that I do have mentors and not just rugby players. I think which is nice. So you know, having my lawyer, my chartered accountant, people that I sort of trust and I know that I can go to them, being brutally honest, um, and they'll return that brutal honesty. Um, you know, without sugarcoating anything, being think me able to have me make good decisions. You know, having my wife there who. You know, also ran her own business for for a couple of years down in Cape Town before before we left to to France. Um, so having those sounding boards, you know, more than anything, being able to find out more about life, business, um, not just rugby. Um, yes, there's WhatsApp groups with you know, icons of rugby chats that we played golf with last year that um, doesn't always give the most valuable information <laughs> on it. Um, but I think for me, it is important yeah. to have those people and not specifically rugby players. Yeah. Um, and because, you know, my lawyer, my CA, and being able to tap into guys like, you know, Mike and Ben Shaga who have done it um, you yeah. know, in, in the corporate world. You know, they've gone through the ups, gone through the downs. Um, you know, I sort of believe they've, they've been successful in what they've done. So um, not a specific WhatsApp group, definitely without a doubt mentors um, and people that I know I can call on to be a sounding board and then give me that brutal honesty um, sometimes with a bit of sugarcoating emotion um, yeah. just to not make me feel bad um, and then you know, for, lastly I think the, the support of my family I think you know when my wife gave up you know her dream of you know running a pre and postnatal training facility yeah, so that I could go mm-hmm. chase my dream um, you got to respect that. So being able to say to you, listen, you're going to be a stay-at-home mom. You know, I'm going to work my butt off to be able to provide for my family. Um, when you're then up and running, and the kids are four or five years old, you know, in, in a school routine, and you know, want to go back into whatever you want to do, that you know, we then look at that opportunity. So, you know, now affording her the time to say, listen, you know, you can take a bit of a break. You know, I'm going to craft my craft my ass off to be able to to achieve something. So, um, yeah, that support group. I wouldn't call it a WhatsApp group. Um, you know, I think people that you can. Um, and whether it be young businessmen um, you know, or guys that have achieved at the highest level, so yeah. definitely. Finally, um, is your door open to a guy like Mary Pat, who's just retired, mm. 
prematurely. Yeah. As many of us all agree. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. without a doubt. And I, and I think it's not just that. I think, you know, chatting to various guys, I look at a guy like Sia Glisi, um, right. that's probably, hopefully, not at the, the peak or pinnacle of, of his career, but you know, he's, 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 he's approaching it pretty highly and mm -hmm. being able to give them sound advice. And you know, I have a WhatsApp group with a couple of guys from a rugby perspective who I played golf with during my career. Um, and you know, they might not have got to the heights that I got to in terms of salary or achievements, whatever. Um, but they advice, they guys that I can share advice with saying, listen guys, you know, you're 29, 30 years old, you need to start looking at least having a paid off house. Um, you know, where are you investing your offshore money? You know, what are you doing? So um, I think I'm definitely over that. I actually sent Pat the message um, when the announcement was made and it was potentially one of the more challenging messages to send. Um, first and foremost, because he was probably the least deserving person that it could have happened to. Yeah. Um, and he had so much more potential in him. But over and above that, that he, he's become a mate now and, and someone I can like, say, listen, Pat, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't know how to say how sorry I felt for him. You know? um, so again, I also think because I've been fortunate enough to have had guys like that in my life and um, know how important that is. Um, so being willing to share, I, mean, I, I don't know someone like a Pio Dianti, but you know, I chatted to him briefly yeah. um, at the World Rugby Awards last year in Monaco as well. And um, you know, he's got a very different story to you know to what I, I have. Um, but where advice is asked, um, I think being able to recall from personal experiences is, is definitely something I'm more than willing to give, and not just on a rugby level. I think you know when you I've got a I've got the, the team of an initiative, and um, it's a youth leadership. Uh, initial running Cape Town and in London um, and being able to share with youngsters and not particularly males but females and um, young adults you know between the ages of 16 and 21 um, that have gone through tough times in their life um, share my personal experience in terms of you know creating good leaders and you know, certain values in rugby that I believe you know, if you can apply them to real life you know they'll make you not only a good person but a good leader and um, you know I've seen the value of good leadership not only from a sporting point of view, but you know, from a personal point of view, you know, mm -hmm. um, the values that got instilled to me you know, as, as a young boy are things that I carry very dear to my heart. So um, I think I'm very open to that, um, but both ways, you know, being able to share thoughts and ideas when asked, but also you know, sitting on the other side and, and willing to listen and, and hang on, hang on the, the hang, hang on the lips of, of those that have different types of experiences. Awesome stuff. Thanks very much, Brian. Well, it's been a pleasure. That was my conversation with Brian Habana for Forbes Africa magazine. What an interesting sit down with the great winger himself. Obviously, so many things to take away from that 40 minute conversation or so. I think the fact that, you know, he's managed to take himself and put himself on the back burner allow himself to learn, realize that he is in a new environment altogether and that, you know what, what he used to do on the rugby field may not necessarily work for him in the business world. However, he is wise enough to surround himself with the people that do know how to do it. He's entered a whole new, fresh world of entrepreneurship and I think it's going to see him in incredibly good stead they've got a great team going as you've heard i think for me it's one of the best 
best one-on-one conversations I've had. Again, this was for Forbes Africa magazine. It's in the latest February issue of that magazine. Please go out and get it if you want to see the write-up. Otherwise, you're welcome.